The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It is Decision Day, Alberta. Will Rachel Notley and the NDP get a second term in office or will Jason Kenney and the United Conservatives take power? Um, it is decision day. The Alberta party is hoping to get leader Stephen Mandel a seat in Edmonton and the Liberals seeking to get leader David Kahn a foothold in Alberta. With a look back at how we got here, here's Global National's Eric Sorensen. It was once the most predictable conservative voting province, starting with the social credit for 36 straight years, starting in the 1930s. Then the conservatives for 44 years, a record for a provincial government, until that shocking NDP win in 2015. As recently as 2008, the political map looked the same as it had for decades. Some opposition seats in Edmonton and Calgary, but otherwise an ocean of Tory blue. Now in 2012, though, the Wild Rose challenged the PCs as the voice of conservatism in the province, sweeping much of southern Alberta. That set the stage for 2015. The two parties so evenly split the Conservative vote that the NDP ran to a majority with just 41% of the vote, the lowest percentage for a winning party in Alberta in 85 years. With a united Conservative Party under Jason Kenney, many expect Alberta will return to the Conservative fold. Kenney, though, has had to defend his party against accusations it harbors some homophobic elements. On the West Block, he countered that the party is more diverse than ever. Over a quarter of our candidates come from visible minority, uh, new Canadian, refugee, Aboriginal backgrounds. Uh, we do reflect the diversity of the province. We are committed to protecting the rights of people and human dignity. But some analysts say Kenney's campaign has been thrown off balance by a backlash towards some UCP candidates. Numerous dozens of candidates and nominees who have been kicked out of the party because of some of the comments they've made publicly or in private um, around racism, homophobia, those sorts of issues. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to say that that hasn't had a serious negative um, impact on the UCP and its ability to form a majority government. Those controversies have given hope to Rachel Notley's New Democrats that they can defy expectations and win re-election. She is seen as more personally popular than Kenny, but Kenny and his party's conservative policies and hostility towards the Trudeau Liberal government may still carry the day on Tuesday. Tuesday. Eric Sorensen, Global News. Uh, Global National reporter Eric Sorensen right now. We're joined by Global uh, Global Edmonton's Provincial Affairs reporter, Tom Vernon. Hi, Tom. Hey, Adrian. It's finally here. <laughs> yes, thank goodness. <laughs> not over yet, Jaylen. It, it is not. We're, we're in the stretch run. All right. So, Tom, where are you going to be tonight? I'll be down at uh, NDP headquarters. I'll be joined by Bob Murray. We'll be um, kind of reporting on kind of the action happening there, uh, how the mood is in that room, how the NDP candidates are feeling, how the premier is feeling, and, and uh, ultimately whether or not they're back in government. Tom, it's been a really divisive four-week campaign mm-hmm. uh, focused on a lot of personal attacks, the province's struggling economy. Um, was this what you expected four weeks ago? Or was it uh, was it better? Was it worse? It's Honestly, it's pretty much exactly what we could have expected this campaign to be. They were, uh, I mean, this, this didn't start four weeks ago. This didn't start four months ago. This started the second Jason Kenney won the leadership of the United Conservative Party, where the NDP wanted to make this about uh, Rachel Notley versus Jason Kenney. And they brought up uh, you know, past comments and, and, and his past history on, on a number of different topics. Uh, right before the campaign, they launched that website, The Truth About Jason yes. Kenney. So we knew this was going to be the path the NDP was taking on the uh, on the leadership side of things. So, yeah, I mean, that's, it is exactly what uh, we, we expected it to be. Um, you know, and it's not the first time we've seen campaigns like this, but, it, you know, probably the first time we've seen a campaign like this 
with you know full meal Twitter going, and you all know how <laughs> Twitter is. It's it's not a great place at the best of times. During a very divisive campaign, it's it's an awful place, uh, well, an awful place to be. Well, for a number of reasons, I haven't been on uh, Twitter for the past few weeks, and mm-hmm. um, every time I do, kind of put my toe back into the Twitter water. I'm like, ah, getting out of there. It's just, uh, it's yeah. just awful. I I have never, Tom. Um, I've you know I've lived in um, in this province since December of 2000 when I moved here from Saskatchewan, where I spent a couple of years. So I've covered a few elections out here. I'm not sure that I have ever. Um, um, seen anything as divisive? Uh, certainly, maybe not, and, and maybe it has to do with social media. But the the vandalism, the king of cars, the taking down of signs, the demolishing of signs, um, and, and from kind of all over the place, it's it's um, it's been staggering to see. Yeah, and it's I mean it's unfair to say it's just the NDP no. that has you know brought up these issues. I mean it's coming from all sides. I, I think what what we're seeing here is I mean Albertans aren't used to. Um, competitive elections, right? I mean, we had yeah. 44 years of PC Row. I mean, Eric Sorensen in his piece there explained it very clearly what, you know, what elections were like here. You know, we saw back in 1993, I believe it was the, the Liberals and the, the PCs, it was a very heated election then, but I mean, there haven't really been too much for competitive elections here. So we're seeing this, uh, you know, there's a lot at stake here for both mm-hmm. sides. So, I mean, I, I think that plays into it. Um, I mean, I've, I've covered, I mean, I've been at this for 15 years, so I've yeah. covered a few elections, but I mean, I covered a couple here in, in the Ralph Klein era, and yeah. there wasn't really any chance of him losing early in my career. Then I went to Saskatchewan, covered a couple Brad Wall ones, but they weren't going to lose either. So uh, the last election was certainly interesting in, in how it turned out. I was here for that one, and, and it, it was a surprise at the end of the night. I think there was still most people didn't believe the PCs would lose, and now this time, I mean, people, there are people who've been unemployed for a long time. They're desperate. Yeah. They, they see, you know, there's a need for change in their minds. And, and I don't, I don't blame them for seeing that. Like it's, 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 but it has brought out uh, a certain uh, dissension and, and anger between both sides as they, as they fight for uh, a government and what has been a, a competitive election. Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head with uh, with saying that this is a you know a competitive election. And I think I've t- I've told you uh, recently. I was on. I w- watched a panel with a couple of different people, political panel, and, and I think it was Dwayne Bratt who described it as you know a battle of two titans. You know, mm-hmm. on the left, on on the right, and we've not seen that in this province before. And in the meantime, um, those uh, the other parties trying to struggle to get their voices heard or get some get some votes, get some attention paid to them it's been it's been it's been a real challenge uh, I think for them and I mean um, you know the most recent polling uh, from earlier this week you know is showing showing some of those challenges as well yeah and we knew right from the outset I mean the Alberta party when Stephen Mandel won won it just over a year ago saying you know I'm not running for 2023 I'm running for 2019 and mm-hmm. we're going to go and we're going to go after it but we knew at that time where I mean the, the two, the titans, as Dwayne Brad described them, right? The United Conservative Party, this giant coalition yeah. of conservatives from across the province, and the New Democrat Party, which has really uh, brought a coalition of you know left-leaning and centrist voters mm-hmm. on that side of the spectrum. And they both wanted this to be a one-on-one election. They wanted this to be, they both wanted it to be Jason Kenney versus Rachel Notley. And, you know, everybody else can, you know, those guys can, they can talk over there about what they <laughs> want to talk about, but this is between us. And it was going to be very difficult for yeah. any other party to get some oxygen in this, and and we've seen that. And it was interesting on debate night, where uh, the debate, when you watch the Google Trends, all of a sudden it was David Kahn, the searches for David Kahn yep. spiked, and the Alberta Party spiked, yeah. and the Alberta Party saw quite a bit of uh, a, kind of a few days where they were kind of a top search, and it was, oh, okay, maybe there is another voice mm-hmm. in this, but... I mean, when we were 
two weeks into the campaign, let's be honest, two years into the campaign, it, it, it's tough <laughs> to kind of capture the imagination at that point. Yeah, it is. And I, and I wonder when you look at, um, you know, depending on what, what happens tonight with the with the Alberta Party, the uh, Freedom Conservative Party, the Alberta Advantage Party, that sort mm-hmm. of stuff, if, if they don't um, gain a foothold, and let's let's be real, the Liberal Party, they don't get mm-hmm. a, you know, um, a seat, a, a seat or two in different ways. What happens to those, what happens, to, what's, what's the future of those parties look like yeah. and, and are we going to just you know are we back to just it's it's two parties and it's you know you're either here or you're there what happens to the folks in the middle yeah right it's, we, we might turn into what's kind of considered normal out west right which you see i mean in bc the the greens have gotten some seats but for, for a long time there it's been the liberals and the ndp in saskatchewan it's the the saskatchewan party and the ndp in manitoba it's, it's the same idea and here so i mean there will always be those um those, those I mean, let's call them fringe right-wing parties right yeah. they, they've always existed so i think they aren't going to go away they'll still be operation but the liberals which has been a brand here since the the dawn of alberta what Mm -hmm. happens to them particularly if they don't get a seat the alberta party i mean they've done a lot of work in building party apparatus building constituency associations building the the uh, corporation of a party right so without a seat in the house are they able to truly capture the minds of albertans that i mean so that is a very interesting conversation so at the end of this election i wonder if we'll see uh, something happened in the center with on what happened on the right after the last election, mm-hmm. right? The NDP won, and all of a sudden we saw people on the right go, the Wilders and Progressive Conservatives say, okay, this isn't working. We need to get together, and yeah. we need to, to fight this. I wonder if after this election, the Liberals and the Alberta Party and any other kind of centrist-leaning Albertans go... You know, this isn't working, splitting, and, and each trying to go after the same chunk of the pie. Maybe we need to come together in some fashion. So maybe you start seeing movement on that front. But, I mean, if there's no voice in the legislature, it, it, it'll be very difficult to uh, to get any kind of uh, any kind of foothold. Well, and again, I think, um, you know, most of us, um, uh, you know, realize the importance of, of a strong opposition. And, um, I, and, I, and I, I, I personally, um, I, I believe that that is, that is good for democracy. I believe that's good for our province to have someone to hold, um, you know, the toes to the fire, so to speak. So you've been you've been following this. This is your job, uh, Tom. I'm going to put you on the spot here. I mean, as you've watched um, this unfold, we'll say over the past four weeks, we could say four months, we could say two years, really, if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. What have you uh, learned? What have you taken away about um, about Rachel Notley and about Jason Kenney? Um, anything that you've learned about them um, and anything that you were surprised? surprised about them um, going into this campaign? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's there's there's a big difference between governing and campaigning, mm-hmm. right? Governing, you uh, kind of, the way Rachel Notley has done it, it looks like, I mean, what people believe it or not, they did stick to their platform, the platform that they put out, they implemented a lot of that. I mean, there's that the debate around was the big carbon tax, the biggest lie. But I mean, after that elect, they said they were going to do something on the environment and they called a panel and they, uh, they consulted and they came up with a carbon tax. So they did that. And, and she stuck to that plan coming out. I, I didn't think, I mean, I, I knew they were going after Jason Kenney's um, past and the character and that sort of thing. It, mm-hmm. it's a, it, it, you look as this campaign unfolded and just how, how much that dominated the conversation on the NDP. So, that, I mean, that did surprise me a little bit. I knew they were going to go after that, but it, it, it surprised me how much that that would go after. What surprised me about Jason Kenney, let's see. Um, I mean, that long ago, the Conservatives, as they were coming together, they said look, the, the, what they have to do is guard against the bozo eruption, right? <laughs> they're going to have the strong vetting process, and they're going to boot anyone out that could cause any potential embarrassment. What, what has surprised me is how 
they haven't done it every single time, right? They've done their best to kind of distance themselves from that. But, you know, you see candidates where the two, the two in Calgary, they were, you know, oh, they were, how gracious of them to resign. And, mm-hmm. and you know, they, they did what's best for the party and they resigned. And, you know, the, the condemnation on the thoughts of this and that. And, uh, you know, you think of the John Carpe. I mean, he's not a candidate in the party. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's just a member of the party. But they, they, they didn't just outright say he's out, you're gone. You know, you, you, you would have expected stronger on that front. Now, I, I don't think that's going to cost them the cost them the election if they do end up winning. I'm not sure how big of a role that will play in it. But I, I thought they would have been a little bit firmer on, on those sorts of issues. Um, I mean, he does condemn it, but there's still people around uh, yeah. that have said these sorts of things, like the the Mark Smith, yep, uh, absolutely, the Mark Smith stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And how, well, no, he's still he's still a candidate, he's and still they, there. You know, he, I, he he hasn't said this around me, so I, that did surprise me about this. But I mean, one one thing that I mean, Jason Kenney, federal politics, and you speak to people when he was coming here. You know, I asked a few people, oh, so what's he like? And they say he is an organizational machine, mm-hmm. and what really surprised me is, oh my goodness, like he is an organizational machine. I saw that PC. <laughs> convention in Red Deer, yeah. where all of a sudden these busloads of, of PC of, of young members came in and they took over the PC youth and they bust them back out. And I mean, he is uh, an absolute machine and he campaigns hard and, you know, he's, he's tireless. And I mean, that was that it, it was pretty impressive to see him operate on that level. And it, it's not surprising to see where this party is at, just with the amount of uh, political cap, political expediency he has in his repertoire. Uh, Tom Vernon joining us this afternoon. Now, uh, if Kenny wins, these uh, these investigations that are going on that are kind of swirling mm-hmm. around the party right uh, right now, what impact will that have uh, going into his first term? Yeah, and it's tough to say. It depends on what they find, yeah. but it's certainly going to be a distraction, right? I mean, what, what the government wants to do, like in their first 100 days, they want it to be all about action, right? This is going to be the summer of repeal. We're going to see action on the carbon tax. We're going to see action on Bill 12. We're going to see action on, you know, finding savings in health care, right? They want that to be the message. They want that to be the story. But as long as there are, uh, you know, talk of an investigation by the RCMP, as long as the election commissioner is looking into things, that is going to be a distraction for that party. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see, you know, like we have to see what the investigation uh, uncovers at the end of it, but it will be a distraction for the party. And I mean, they're, they're not going to, uh, they're not going to like that if they form government, but I mean that it will distract from their core message. Now, I don't think it'll distract from the work that they want to do um, yeah. if, if they if they form a majority government, I should say, right? They'll have a majority, they'll be able to get to work to do that. And we'll have to report what they're doing on that front, but it will always be, talked about until some form of resolution comes. Tom Vernon joining us uh, on the phone this afternoon, the Provincial Affairs Reporter for Global Edmonton. Tom, we were talking about, uh, you know, the impact of uh, some of the investigations, uh, you know, surrounding Jason Kenney just before the break. I mean, the fact of the matter is, too, is that there have been um, some some tough and nasty allegations um, uh, regarding, you know, uh, Rachel Notley and, and and some members of the NDP as well, you know, those sex assault uh, allegations. And, and it's, it seems to me, um, I, I, you know, I've asked her about it. Um, you know, when when Andrew and I were together, we asked her about it during uh, during interviews. Just doesn't seem to be sticking as much as uh, some of the other things. Yeah, and it's. I mean, we. I mean, I've asked her about it as well. We've asked uh, members about it uh, of the NDP caucus about it, and they're standing by the um, the fact that uh, like there was a privacy mm-hmm. uh, concerns on this. We're not going to name the people now. It. it, it 
stands to reason that, look, that nobody was charged in this. Otherwise, we would have heard about this. Um, but it, it isn't sticking. And you're right. They, they've done a, they, if they've done a good job trying to push it to the side, or it, it, it's hard to report on this if, if nobody's giving the names. Now, some names have come out, but it's, there's no confirmation or anything like that coming. Not that, to be, to be fair, I mean, they are getting criticism for this. I yeah. mean, they get criticism for it from conservative parties. Um, and, and they should be, and these, these members should be named. We, we've tried our best to get it. But you're right, it hasn't stuck to them to the same degree as some of the stuff that's happened mm-hmm. on the UCP side of things. Yeah. So you're absolutely right about that. Um, uh, regardless who, who gets in, who, who forms the government, I think both sides um, will have to bridge the gap on some issues with some, um, with, uh, with some uh, voters out there. How do they do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, election time is the most divisive time, right? I mean, yeah. everybody talks about we, we're all one Alberta, we all want to come together and vote for something. Uh, but in, in fairness, in, in truth, it is a time to identify your support and try to get the most votes, right? Now, between elections, I mean, one of these two parties is going to have um, some work to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like one of them will be in government, the other one will be in opposition, we'll have something to figure out. So what they're going to have to do is go back to the drawing board, figure out what worked, what didn't work, and what vision to sell to Albertans. Now, a lot of that will depend on what the... You know, the economic circumstances of the next four years looks like. They had the health care circumstances, education circumstances, all the issues that drive Albertans to vote the way that, they, that, that we all decide to vote. So there will be work to be done to, to reach out to those who didn't vote for you this time to find out why and, and try to attract that vote. So, and that's going to be true of, of all parties. Now, I think, you know, I think most Albertans pay very little attention to what happens inside that building between election time. <laughs> uh, you know, that, so there's all that fighting and, you know, it's like, like children's hour inside the, the rotunda when, uh, or inside the house when question period goes on. And then, you know, then they come out to the election campaign and then it, everybody gets to see it. So, uh, yeah, I think you'll see a lot of community engagement and try to figure out what, what exactly happened. But we will still see attacks from both sides. We'll still see the social media campaigns. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to be kumbaya and, you know, yeah. strumming our ukuleles around the fire. That's, that's certainly not going to be the case over the next four years, no uh, matter who wins. It would be nice for a little while, like oh, just a couple it? of days. <laughs> uh, just before we let you go, because um, we're almost out of time here, and I know you have other things you have to get to, if Edmonton um, does go mainly orange again mm-hmm. um, in and the UCP form government, how much of a challenge is it going to be to have Edmonton's voice heard um, in that government. Yeah, and it's, I mean, we've, we've seen this before, right, yep. with uh, PC governments with, with, you know, not a lot of uh, representation in Edmonton. I mean, I don't think that it's going to be, you know, you know, the walls go up around Edmonton and, sorry, you didn't vote for us, yeah, you're not going to get yeah, a yeah. thing. I'd, like, I, it, it'd be pretty uh, cynical to expect that, but there won't be that perspective at the, at the table if there aren't any seats inside this region. So the UCP, I mean, they'll have to do work to, uh, make outreach to to show that they are here for Edmonton, that they are going to you know listen to the concerns of Edmontonians. They just won't have a if they don't win any seats, they wouldn't have that Edmonton attendance to do it for them. But that doesn't mean that Edmonton would be shut out of things like infrastructure funding and that sort of stuff. But they will have to fight that perception, and, and it, it would be would be work for them to do that. Always great talking to you, Tom Vernon. Is going to be joining our friend uh, Bob Murray down at NDP headquarters tonight. You can uh, listen to full coverage right here on six thirty Chad and watch at Global News as well. Tom, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for this. Thanks so much. Okay, bye-bye. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.